On the Grindhouse Girls podcast, we discuss all things spoopy, scary, and strange. Some content may be disturbing or graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Hey there, this is Katie. And hi there, I'm Brittany. And this is the Grindhouse Girls podcast. Yeah. We are joined this week by filmmaker... Vega Montanez, um, and he is sharing with us his film, The Hurt We Share. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you for having me. This is um, super exciting. Yeah. I'm really excited to, to chat with you guys. You guys are so much fun already. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thank you. That's so sweet. If you hear a puppy in the background, uh, his puppy's in the background, and Gizmo's being super enthusiastic tonight, so... I will say real quick before we start deep diving, do you want to do our usual what we watch, Katie? Or yes, absolutely. Um, so I do want to give one housekeeping. Okay. Um, a thank you to our local Sidewalk Cinema um, in Birmingham, Alabama. They let us take over their lobby for a short while. And special shout out to Kaylee, our bartender, for making a terrific drink and i cannot remember what the drink was called call me by your name call me by your name yeah. i got the spicy version and i think Britt got the mild version and I got, it was delicious i got the basic taste bud version. the basic taste bud version <laughs> so like when you say spicy um, you mean like they they put like spice in yeah, it was tahini so it wasn't like crazy crazy spicy but like you know it's got that chili but flavor that's like drinking hot it. sauce like I mean, it was the, the tahini sprinkle stuff. So we went ahead and took some fun, like, 70s grindhouse theater film yeah. pictures. Because it's a really retro-looking theater, and we had a lot of fun there. And support your local indie art house theaters, y'all, because they're the best. Um, also, so I didn't really watch too much this week. But I did start listening to Someplace Underneath's new season. It's a podcast. If y'all haven't listened to it, it's on the last podcast on the left's network. And, or maybe it's called Last Network on the Left. I can't remember what their network is called. But it's uh, two two women and they talk about, um, it's really about missing and endangered women. But they end up covering a lot of cults, a lot of really creepy stuff. And they covered Teal Swan, who I don't know a ton about. They've only done half the first part of the episode um but she always pops up on my for you page and she's like a philosopher but she's she's very like calming but also she says some very like disturbing things and she's linked to a lot of um missing people apparently like i don't think she's actually physically done anything to anybody allegedly but i think it's more of maybe like letting someone know yeah those dark thoughts totally cool or something like that that was the most incriminating opening i've ever been a part of sorry (laughs) allegedly and then i actually started watching veep season one because i hadn't seen veep and i got real political last week but i needed like a break from politics so i watched fake politics on veep this week so it's very funny julia louis dreyfus is amazing i mean we know that from seinfeld but she's she's hilarious and tony hale is just just i love tony hale 
from Arrested Development. Did you watch anything? I did. I did. Oh, I was. Uh, I, I will say. I will let uh, Vega take it. Mm-hmm. Vega, did you watch anything interesting this last week? Uh, <laughs> I rebinged uh, Criminal Minds for like the. Oh, oh, oh time. that's good though. Good um, it's a good one. I rebinged uh, Boston Legal. I love that show. Oh, that's an oldie but a goodie. It's so much fun. I just discovered it this year, so I'm just having a blast with it. And I really love anime, so I finished up Attack on Titan. um, Or not finished. I got through part one of season four, so I'm not finished yet. Uh, What's your favorite anime? Crazy twist. Uh, my favorite anime of all time, for sure, is Death Note, which I also rewatched. Yeah, recently. that's a good one. It's good. It's <laughs> I good. also rewatched recently. Um, and then this is one that like not a lot of people know of, um, and it had a really short run, and it's hard to find now. But it's called S Cry Ed. Uh, I've, heard, I've heard of that. Yeah. I've heard of that. If you can so. get your hands on that, that is one of the greatest animes ever, in my opinion. Um, but I don't know why it, like, just disappeared. I think, like, maybe the creator died or something. Who knows? Oh, that's sad. There was a period in my life, I, it, no matter what you talked to me about, I just rotated it back to anime because I was way too obsessed. Um, but I will say very quickly what I watch. I actually, uh, me and Katie have this talk every week where it's like, do I watch movies or do I sleep? And this <laughs> week it was watching movies one out over sleep. So, um... We went to the theaters, uh, me and my husband did, and we saw everything everywhere all at once. <gasps> it is as good as they are saying it is. It Yay! is so I can't wait to see it. Good. Oh my god. Like you guys, it's they call it ADHD filmmaking and if you watch it, it's like because it's a multiverse movie, there is so much visually going on, but it's absolutely stunning. And Michelle Yaw Yo. Yo, thank you. Yeah. I just was like Phew. She's incredible, and watching her give interviews about this movie, I saw an interview she gave recently, and she started crying, because she was like, this was everything I've been waiting for to show my family and my friends what I'm capable of. Well, because she's and such a good actress, but they always is. give her minor parts, or it's they're just like, oh, you fight, so here can you fight, but like yeah. this takes all of her martial arts skills and acting skills. She does everything in this movie and she's there's great. just like in her eyes you just see her eyes like glisten like it's like she was born for this and I think it honestly like made me cry like just thinking about it it was so encompassing and amazing and Jamie Lee Curtis is in it and, and sh- short, yes! short round yes oh that? and dad he was dad in the Goonies too yeah yes. yeah I was so, like oof love the Goonies but um we saw that the Batman's on HBO Max and so is I it saw, oh it's time to watch the Batman yes yes watch it this week. Yes! I wanted to watch um, it in theaters, but I just couldn't bring myself to leave the house, really. <laughs> you know what? And I just couldn't find three hours to get to the theater, because I was like, this is a three-hour movie. With trailers, it's going to be like a three-hour and 20-minute movie. Uh, but it was really good. The score's amazing. It's such a cinematic movie. Like, it's fire and action and drama. Mm-hmm. And it's, it is good, guys. Like, I, I don't want to spoil it for you guys. You haven't seen it yet, but trust me, it is good, and people will be talking about it. Um, I'm trying to remember, I think I just watched, well, there is something else that I've watched, but I have to wait because it's going to be our movie for next week. Okay. And then very quickly, so my coworker is very into the BBC show Ghost, which they just remade. Oh yeah, I just started remake. watching it. Yes. Oh, yeah, my God. I forgot to mention that. I've only watched like two episodes though, but it's cute. It is really cute. Yeah, I, I forgot I watched that one. I watched a couple episodes of it the other week. I haven't watched the Batman yet though, because I was editing 
every night this week. So, she was. Yeah, and our... this is me. I'm like, I'm going to stay up till 1 in the morning and be a irresponsible adult. Well, usually, usually I would. <laughs> I, I stayed up late a couple nights this week. So, now I took a long nap yesterday. So, I'm refreshed. You're now. refreshed. Yes. But I guess, um, since we talked about everything, we should we should get a deep dive into our movie this week. We which should. is, again, The Hurt We Share. And it's uh, streaming on Tubi and Fox Soul as of right now. So Yes. And we don't want to give too many spoilers because we do want you guys to actually watch the movie because this is an independent film. We want to support filmmakers. So we're not going to spoil too much of it. Um, but would you like to give us a synopsis of the film? Yeah. <laughs> of course. Thank you. Um so The Hurt We Share is a mental health suspense thriller um, about a man named Terrence who suffers from depression and has, you know, that traumatic moment in life where it feels like everything has just hit rock bottom. Um, and he decides as his final act of, uh, of self-satisfaction he kidnaps the people he blames most for all of the worst things going on in his life um, and tries to inflict the pain that he feels onto them. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I mean, not, not happy, but nice. It's not nice. It's funny because at the premiere, like, <clears throat> after, we, uh, after we watched it a couple times, like, among the crew and the cast uh, digitally, we did our premiere screening and we had like a hundred people or so show up and I just kept thinking to myself, like, I have to warn them. Like I have to warn them. So, uh, right before we press play, I went up and I did a little greeting and I just was like, Hey guys, I just want to make sure like we're all on the very same page. Like this is not a fun movie. You <laughs> like, this is right. going to be a very deep experience. Um, it's, it's a fun movie in that, like, it's it's a cinematic, dramatic story, but it's not like, you're not going to walk away feeling excited or super happy. You're going to be like, wow, that was that was a lot to take in for a moment, you know? Um, and even with that, like, at the end of the premiere screening, we had lots of people who were in tears or, you know, they were like, it, it, was, it was like an, a, a weird balance of, like, a somber, happy mood, you know? Like, we were all happy it was done, but we were all kind of like, did we... Did we really just watch that? Like, <laughs> did you have a good like premiere? Because I've only been to one uh, movie premiere, which actually Britt was in the movie that I went to. I think I, I got saw. cut out though. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't know she was in the movie. My boyfriend. You don't do it on purpose. It. Just something's happening. <laughs> <you know? laughs> my my boyfriend at the time was in it, and it was like they filmed it right after we graduated college and then like they didn't release it for like years so like i didn't even realize Britt was in it so i didn't look for her and they've never released it on dvd or anything so i've never been able to show it to other people but it was funny because they didn't they lost half the audio this is a funny story they lost half the audio and instead of calling actors to come re-record their dialogue the director just did it all himself and Wait, so what? I'm not kidding. <laughs> and he's a very nice man, but he like he did that to my boyfriend at the time and we didn't know that going to the movie. So all of us are like sitting there watching this movie waiting for his scene to come on and it's not his voice. It's very obviously not his voice. 
because they were like vastly different in age and background. So like they didn't even it didn't even sound like it should be coming out of his mouth. It was the funniest thing. And I had to, like, I started giggling, and then I, like, composed myself, because it was a dramatic film. Yeah. But it was the uncomfortable, the, the surprise. But I didn't notice that with this film, or Clay Zombies, so yeah. it's, it's always a, a perk when I can tell that it's everyone's natural voices, or it's just such a good dubbing that I can't tell. Oh, yeah. That's true, too. You know? No, no dubbing. Um, we, uh... We So, I don't know if you guys know this already or not, but this was my first film. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, there were a lot of things that I kind of just, in my mind, I was like, I don't know how to do this or what it means to do this, but this has to sound professional, right? Like, or this has to look professional. And um, for myself, I feel like we did a pretty good job doing that, like, especially on our first film, you know, we pulled it off. Um, so I'm I'm really excited about it. And I can't wait to, like, apply all the stuff that we've learned since to this next project because it's going to be... Yeah. Crazy thing to do. yeah first projects are always like a learning experience i have learned yeah which that you you mentioned that this was and we saw in your imbd that this was like your first feature like movie so i saw where you directed the short so you had did have some film experience with before it begins um and then i saw self-discovery which is described as a talk show so i thought that was interesting and noticing these projects, you're kind of like, you do a little bit of everything. So you write, direct, do cinematography, you're an editor, you're a producer, and then you're a musician. Like, so, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> so I'm just like, because I'm looking at all these things, I'm like, oh, what did he write? And I was like, holy crap, he did this, 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 and this on this one project, which is kind of amazing. And, you know, being, being a creeper. Also saw uh, that you graduated with your degree in marketing. So you studied marketing. What made you kind of decide to pursue film? Um, So I didn't graduate. I uh, went to school for marketing. And then while I was in school for marketing, I was like, this is not fun. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, (laughs) Fair. Fair. I know, right? Like, imagine everybody made decisions like that. Like, the world would be such a happy place. Um, (laughs) So from that, I went on. I went on to do a, a ton of stuff. Like I, I always joke around with my friends and my siblings. Like the the my, if you, I was to really like list out my resume, it would look like a clown show. Like it's just so many different things that I've tried. Um, but with film, um, so before it begins, actually was shot uh, after the hurt we share and released before the hurt we share. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. So before was after after. Right. So. Yeah, exactly. You know, fun stuff. <laughs> um, and even that project, it uh, that project in itself has its own crazy story. I'll tell you more about that in a little bit. But um, overall, with uh, starting film, it, it started um, probably in like 2016 um, that I wrote my first feature film script. Before that, I had kind of like written video treatments for like music videos for myself and other people. Or I'd written like short commercials, little like short scripts that I was like, I'll film this at some point, but never got around to it. Um, And I was asked to write a a feature. Um, So I wrote that. We worked on getting funding and it didn't work out. So I kind of just threw that like to the back burner. and was like, this is, I'll just stick to music. It's really working right now. (laughs) So we'll keep doing that. Um, Then uh, the pandemic hit. And like many people's stories, I was like, well, I can't go on tour anymore. I can't do shows. I can't really do anything so let me just call up a bunch of other people who can't do anything and see if they want to make a movie 
and I just called a bunch of like friends that I had as actors. Most of the cast I'd known from other experiences, um, and I just called them up and was like, "Hey, like, this is what I'm trying to do. Are you down to rock out and make a movie?" And they were like, "Yeah." So um, along the way, I, I was able to learn a lot because. I was surrounded by people who were experienced or who were really interested in in the field itself. So they were they came to the project with knowledge that I didn't have, right? So like they were able to get me to like I had said before, right? Like I I don't know exactly how to get to this movie quality cinema look, but that's what I want, right? So surrounding yeah. myself with people who did know how to get there is like this is exactly what I'm trying to do. Just like what do, what do we need to do to get there, you know? So the two things I'm hearing is this is mainly a collaboration and then also a labor of love. So you're just like, we're putting all of our love and we're collaborating on this project and we're going to make this work together because I have this vision. I just need help with this vision. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was blessed fun. enough to, to convince a, a bunch of people to do it. So what was your inspiration for this specific film? It's sad again. Uh, so... <laughs> So it's not okay, but it's okay. Yeah, so unfortunately, I lost a friend to suicide. Um, I'd had my own oh, suicidal um, experiences and tendencies. Um, I'd seen like a lot of friends and people that just I knew who either attempted suicide or, or did pass from suicide, and it kind of had me um, really thinking about like the perspective itself, right? Like we always talk about um, preventing suicide from the perspective of like go help this person, right? Or like hear this person out but one perspective that and I definitely don't feel like I got this right at all so I don't want anybody to feel like I'm I'm a guru but I'm just saying addressing it one perspective we don't really think about Mm -hmm. often is the mindset of the person themselves right like what are they receiving when you speak to them right so no matter how much you compliment them if they're in a if they're in a mindset where they're just hearing negativity mm-hmm. or feeling negativity, that compliment is going to come off as negative, right? So you you and yeah, we have yeah. a term for it, right? We say backhanded compliments, right? But you only really feel that way if you feel some sort of negative tension or energy. So you hear this compliment and you're like, is this person trying to make a joke of me and using this compliment sarcastically, right? But that's you in a negative mindset. That's not them, right? So like how you receive right, it, right? Uh, so I just kind of wanted to look at that perspective, right? And I was just like, all right, so how can we explore this in a way that's interesting or entertaining? Um, because I didn't want to make a documentary or make it like a full-on PSA or something like that. I wanted it to really be a film. Like, this is a movie. If if you get the messaging, fantastic. If you don't and you just thought it was great, amazing. If you think it was terrible, that's cool too. It's just how it works. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I think we've all had our... Well, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast. Yeah. Mental health comes up a lot. Yeah, it does. I did want to ask, too, though, and I... So, with us being white women, we always want to understand and make sure we're coming from a clear place. And we're, if we're wrong about something, we want to be told we're wrong about something. We, you know... I'd rather have a foot-in-my-mouth moment than continuing to make, like, bad assumptions. But could that also be... Because Terrence is a black man. Because I think it's... I, so I was reading a quote, and I don't know if this is a direct quote from you, but I read somewhere that the movie was inspired by Shutter Island, Secret Window, and Memento. And I thought it was very interesting because all those movies are white protagonists directed. I, I'm not sure about Secret Window, but I know Shutter Island and it's Memento are, Depp, so yeah, yeah. are white 
well, white directors too. Oh, so yeah, white directors, directors, white actors, and I didn't know if that was also a commentary about being a black man, and maybe when you have like a black father, you don't always talk about mental health. And yeah. the reason I kind of asked that is, what, I have a very good friend who's a black woman, and she says that something mental health is something that's not always spoken about in the in the black community. And I really kind of appreciated that idea that we were seeing these struggles through the eyes of a black man. And was that something that you were thinking about writing? Like, was that something you were conscientious about writing about when you were writing this movie too? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's definitely intentional. Um, Because one of the, one of the big factors is like you said, right? Like the three biggest movies that inspired this are all heavily white cast. Right. And for me, it's not, like, I'm in no way or position to, like, be part of a social justice movement in that sense. Um, but at the same time, it just makes sense in my mind to say, okay, <clears throat> if I'm making a movie about mental health, I can really talk about the community I'm from because that's what I know best, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that community yeah. Yeah. I know best is what we grew up with. And in our community, and I'm sure it impacts all communities as well differently, but I can speak for our community specifically, we do have a strong issue with mental health being a huge stigma, right? Um, because yeah. Yeah. We, we do tie it to the Hollywood cartoony idea of craziness, right? Of insanity. Um, because a lot of the mental right. health issues that we do recognize, um, in part because they're tied to drug use and things like that, um, and all, all these different you know stressors, um, but we do tend to see the people in the worst conditions of mental health, the ones that we can clearly identify having mental health issues, they do look like the cartoons in the Hollywood versions of crazy. You know, um, <clears throat> even even where I live in New York now, right, it's a nice neighborhood, but you still walk through and they're heroin addicts, right? So, like, they look like cartoon Hollywood versions of, of crazy. So there is a huge stigma around that where um, for parents, <clears throat> especially fathers, um, they may not be as accepting of it, you know. So when someone tells you this is a problem that you may be facing, if you're not accepting of the idea that you may be facing this problem, you can't solve the problem, right? You can't even yeah, identify yeah. if the problem exists because you're not accepting that it might. So that's right, that's yeah. what I wanted to heavily establish. <clears throat> but again, I feel like it's also something that affects probably everybody. <laughs> Like, I can't yeah. imagine, you know, I, we just, we're only like 20 years removed from them literally putting people in white jackets and testing them to yeah, try yeah, to fix them yeah. for being crazy. So it's not that outlandish, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah but it's, it's interesting too, to bring it from your own personal perspective, because it isn't something that, I mean, we did a few, uh, what was it in February? We did Eve's Bayou. Yeah. And it was so interesting as to white ladies to watch a movie that had nothing to do with us at all or our community and still find things that were the same and similar but not feel like you were watching it from a white person's perspective right i mean there's there's a lot of hurdles to overcome let's not kid ourselves but people are getting representation and it's not just the same narrative and in kanto and turning red like we're from totally different perspectives like canadian i'm just kidding um but like totally different perspectives than what i have and like i found myself crying at both of those movies bawling my little freaking eyes out 
at the Red Panda. Um, Disney and Pixar does it again. Disney and Pixar, <laughs> damn it. Also, like, we were little kids when that movie takes place. So, I, I, the boy band thing, like, got me. I was like, oh, got me. your boys. Yeah. So, it got me. So, I'm so sorry if I got, like, No, 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 that's exactly what, depression. that's exactly what it's about. It's about understanding um perspective right like that's that's what for me the the goal of the movie is is for people to be able to watch and see like everyone has something going on right like no matter how big or small it may seem to you everyone has something going on you know so yeah and and like you just acknowledged everyone has different things going on and different things they have to deal with in order to deal with what they have going on right so like there are certain stigmas in different in different communities that impact everyone differently and once you're aware of those stigmas or once you're aware of those different perspectives that's when you can really start to understand like what the boiling problems in america or in the world really are right like these issues stem from the fact that we just don't understand each other's different perspectives because we haven't had a reason to we don't really live in those we don't live in each other's spaces in a way where we'll get to learn those you know perspectives so it's like they have to be presented that way um, but I also feel like, like I said before, my goal isn't to spread messages in a sense of like, let's make this the forefront of everything. This particular movie, absolutely, yeah. like mental health was the big forefront of everything. I want everybody to watch this and understand like, you're the hero for watching this movie. There is no hero in this movie, right? So, um, but it also has to be entertaining. It has to be something where you can sit back and be like, wow, that was fun to watch whether you got the messaging or not. Yeah. No, and I, I appreciate that. Thank you mm-hmm. for answering that so eloquently and for following my thought patterns because sometimes I don't even make sense to myself. So, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So speaking about the script a little bit too, something I was I was interested in, and so it seemed, it's like you and a lot of your actors have worked together on other projects. And so when you were writing the script, did you write some of these characters with those actors in mind or was there more of a natural casting process involved? Um, no, to both. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I probably got halfway through the script um, when I said, okay, I think I know who I want to play Terrence. And I reached out to that person um, and that person turned me down because they were working on a Netflix project. So then I was like, oh, all right, cool. Netflix strikes so again. So then I, yeah, Netflix strikes again. So I, uh, so I just started, I just continued writing the script. Um, and then uh, the first person that I cast was Yvette um, as the detective. Because from the beginning, I knew mm-hmm. that I wanted it to be a, a female and a male detective. Um, I wish I would have, if there's, like when you look back on the projects you do, you always, you know, criticize the things you feel like you could have done better. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't highlight them now because I want people to watch the movie and then critique them and shoot me a message if you want to talk about what I feel like I could have done better. I'm very open about it. Um, but the detectives from the beginning, I knew I wanted a female and a male, so she was the first person that like I immediately cast. Um, and then from that point, it uh, like that first person cat turned me down, and I was like, "All right, cool. So let's let me look at who else I have available." Um, and there were other people that I wanted to cast for different roles, and then I kind of just started swapping people based on like as I thought about the relationship I had with them and how connected I was with them. I was like, you know, it'll probably be a bigger opportunity for this person to play this type of role, so I'll reach out to them about this, and the pieces kind of just aligned. Um, 
the uh, the long version is a lot funnier because it involves me actually showing up to people's houses and just like, hey, I'm here. <laughs> What's up? Oh, you're not doing anything? Cool. Well, I brought this script. So. <laughs> I mean, that's okay. You're an actor, bit. right? Yeah, I, <laughs> I ended up doing casting as well. Like once, once I ran out of people that said yes that I knew in my immediate circle, I was like, "All right, now we got to do some, some, you know, auditioning." Um, but even then, it was it was very light. Like it wasn't. I didn't feel, I didn't feel the pressure to cast in an auditioning way. Like I just, I, I felt like uh, I had yeah. enough people around me that I knew were talented, that I knew um, could do what I needed them to do, and so we we just worked with that um, and went with that. And to uh, answer a question from earlier that you had about the premiere, um, the premiere was an am- amazing experience. And, uh, we ended up doing one in New York since I'm a resident in New York now. Uh, the first one we did in Rhode Island, my hometown, Providence, Rhode Island. Um, and that was a great experience. Oh, oh. And then um, I was originally born in New York and spent half of my childhood here. So I had some relationships here and I was able to get um, a relationship going with the New York uh, Department of Parks and Recreations, and they were doing a like movie night over the summer type of thing. So they did a New York premiere at uh, this movie night, which was incredible Aww, cool. because it was inside of the pool that I used to swim in. Like all the water had been drained, Aww. so yeah. So like we put up, they put up this big projection screen, and it was everybody like chairs in the pool. There was like another hundred and fifty people there. Um, a couple of celebrities came by because you know New York does that. So oh, it was cool. and also how amazing! It must have felt like a full circle moment for you, like to be like, here I was as this little kid, and now here I am as this grown man, and this is like a momentous occasion in your life. You're premiering your first of hopefully many films in your career. Um, like so I, I'm really lovely to hear about. I'm very proud of being from Providence, Rhode Island, but because I did spend a part of my my childhood in New York, there are there were definitely moments this year where like there were certain places that we did things like when we put up uh when we had the billboard in Times Square, right? When um yeah, when I first yeah. went mm-hmm. when we first went down and saw that, like as I was walking the block, I just kept getting these flashbacks of being a little kid and holding my mom's hand and like looking oh. up at all the flashing signs and then to like get uh-huh. to mine and be like, "Wow, this is what I used to look at and now it's mine." Like <laughs> That's amazing. That's so cool. I love that. That is such a cool moment for sure. That's awesome. That is so cool. Yeah. I feel like I've been asking a lot of questions. I didn't know if you had any questions. I'm so sorry. Actually, a lot of the ones that I asked, I think we that I wrote down, I think we've mostly already answered. Oh, one thing I was curious about at the end of the movie, you have a lot of statistics. Where did you find them? I was just curious because I didn't see anything, but it was. I, spent, I was just curious. I, I was spent like, like what study is four it? or five months um, just doing research and like reading books and studying. Okay. Um, a lot of those statistics come from uh, the suicidepreventionorg website. Um, okay. Okay. So cool. you can get more information it's like there. A great website. Uh, yeah. Um, there was some information from the European version of uh, the suicide prevention website that we have here. I can't remember it off the top of my head. Um, and then there were just different um, college studies like Harvard, um, Brown, Yale, uh, the different things like that that I just kind of looked into. Um, but it became something where it was really interesting because the research started after I finished the script more so, right? So like I had finished the script 
and I went through and I did I did a couple tweaks based on some of the research I got. So like I changed some of the the dialogue or some of the um, technical terminology based on some of the things I learned as I went through. But the research really ended up being for the statistics at the end and for that informational piece. Um, and then it re really just became a fun thing where I was just like, these are just really interesting facts that although they're really sad, I feel like if, if people got to know them in a fun way, it could change things. You know, like if you, if you could have yeah. these conversations about these facts, but like, and this is an extreme example, but like over a trivia night, you know, like it would like the awareness would spread in a way where you you would have no choice but to just be more cognizant of like how we treat people, you know? True. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. Yeah, that's good to know. I yeah. did so I did have one more question and this was actually from my husband, but he wanted to know what kind of camera did you use to film the movie? I'll be right back. So we shot on all black magic um cameras. <clears throat> we use the okay. Okay. black magic um pocket cinema cameras. Um, and we set those up with a bunch of like really nice fancy lenses. I don't know uh, as much of the technical stuff as my DP Kurt does, so he can tell you a little bit more about that. Um, there's definitely a lot of stuff that I've learned since, um, where you know I think um, our next movie is going to look even more incredible. Um, so, uh, but um, and we did um, all of the car scenes. <laughs> we had a Lumix GH five or something um i don't remember don't don't quote me on that exactly i know it was a lumix no, camera great. um i know it was a lumix camera yeah. and we called that the danger camera because it had like all this bragging data about like being fall resistant and weatherproof and, and like dust proof and all these things that the cinema cameras didn't really brag about so we were like all right yeah we'll put that camera on all the crazy stuff we do so that one was the one that we mounted to the car for all of the car scenes. <laughs> I love it. I would have never have guessed that there was two cameras. So you had your, your Blackmagic Pocket Cinema camera and then possibly the Luma GH5, and that's your danger camera. So it's primarily shot on two different cameras depending on the scene. Yep. Let me ask, Was um, and we'll, I'll make this very quick, was any of these songs specifically written? For the movie, or was it more like I got the perfect song for this scene? Here you go. Um, all of the score was written specifically for the film, mm -hmm. um, and one song on the soundtrack was uh, written. One song was a hundred percent written for the film. Um, that's the one that I wrote that I uh, perform. It's called "Alone." <clears throat> um, yes, and then. There's another song on there that debatably was written for the film. Um, the artist, uh, Cyrus, whose song plays during the party scene. Um, okay. okay. Mm -hmm. And Toxic. Yeah, Toxic, yes. yeah. <laughs> um, so I had selected a different song at first for that part. Um, but he had some technical issues with the, the master file or something. So the only one we had was Super Distorted. Um, so then he Aww. he was already working on some some new stuff. So he was like, "Here, check out these. I haven't put any of these out yet." And then we ended up with Toxic. 
That's awesome. That's cool. cool. Yeah, I think I think you gave us a lot of really great insight into the like pre-production mm-hmm. and the production of it. So I think if you're ready, we could get a little bit into the plot of the movie and talk about that. So I'm here for it. I'll start. I'll start talking, and you guys just whatever you feel. Yeah, we'll (laughs) we'll we'll jump in. We'll jump in with commentary. Yeah, and guys, so we will say this: this is a light a light spoiler warning. Obviously, the heart we share is streaming on Tubi. Please, just in case we spoil anything with our questions, uh, please go watch it and then come back to us. So. And with that, you're going to lead us away. You're going to tell us a little bit about the movie. So, uh, yeah, the film um, the film opens up with uh, Terrence already. We start already mid-sequence of him having clearly kidnapped at least one victim. Um, and so, you know, he he's there. He's kind of breaking down and explaining to, to her why she's here and trying to get her to admit these wrongdoings that he's kind of imagined in his head. Um, and one big element that we played with was was flashing back to the story that's impacting what he was just, you know, expressing. So in this in the first flashback we get to chance we get a chance to see like, okay, what is this relationship that or what is this <clears throat> mysterious boyfriend that he thinks is a part of this woman's life now. Right? Um and then we get to, you know, experience him kind of losing it uh, a bit over all of these emotions he's feeling, losing his relationship with this woman as he continues to express his love for her and the pain that he felt. Um, and then he gets into this moment in time where they were having a argument um, and they had, you know, there was a mistaken moment where it led to some physical injuries Um, That he just couldn't let go Mm -hmm. of. So he's, you know, he's holding that against her and trying to really guilt her into feeling, guilt her into falling back in love with him, right? In in this terrible position she's in as she's tied up to a chair, um, you know, just finished being mouth gagged, doesn't know how she got here, you know, so he's really being an excellent charmer. (laughs) I will say real quick, there is a, uh, there's a line of dialogue where she's like, I'm hurting. And it's because she's literally tied to a freaking chair. And he says, I'm hurting too. And I, me being the dumb, dumbass I am, I was like, oh, the hurt, that's the hurt we share. They're sharing. <laughs> so well, Brittany, they told you at the end of the movie what the hurt <laughs> I, I mean, not, no, I do know what the hurt we but share I'm, is. I'm glad but, like, that that worked. Thought it was literal. Yeah, the first time I'm watching it, though, like you know, your mind is like the South Galifianakis meme that you're just yeah. trying to put together the equation like, yeah. of what everything can mean. Yeah, so. Yeah, and I'm glad that that happened because that was that was part of like what I was going for. I wanted I wanted each moment to um originally the title for the film was hurt and it was just supposed to be like okay. ex- like expressing the idea of like pain, you know, here seeing it and I wanted people to like for myself as an audience member, I tend to watch movies and while I'm watching the movie, try to imagine why certain things are named certain ways, like the title or like major corporations. Like I try to find these little nuggets of extra information in this universe, right? So for me, I kind of tried to do that with the film itself too, with the title. And I wanted people to try to figure out like, okay, why is Hurt such an important part of this movie when it's in every scene? Like that's really on the nose if that's the case. Like what is is the actual intent? Yeah. And I do like the hurt we share, and the only reason I say that is because, like, during a movie, you hope 
if the movie is going right, you hope to care for the protagonist. Maybe even if they do bad things, you hope to care for them. And you want this for him because he is in such a dark place. You hope that he has some kind of, like, friends or family. Like, there's somebody that's sharing something with him. Because, I mean, when you're first watching it, you're just like, damn, these people are really harsh. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, Especially like, his parents. Yeah. I can understand the girlfriend and the friend. The friend actually didn't ben, seem very ben harsh at all. was very nice. I yeah, felt. that was the one yeah. that I didn't really understand why he had a problem with Ben or Benny. Yeah. Because he didn't really seem to be doing anything negative towards him. Like, his perception was of Susan, Susan, right? Yeah. Susan and his parents. Like, he really seemed normal. Like, there wasn't anything negative about Benny. Except I assume he assumed that Benny and Susan were having a relationship, but I did not get that vibe from them at all, <laughs> that they were having a relationship. Right. So, yeah. so I thought that was probably a misconception. But I was that was the only one, because it made sense with Susan, because in his mind, she what she said was a lot harsher than what she actually said. And like his parents, like he was, what do you call it? Well, uh, not reflecting, but, but projecting. projecting. Yeah. He was projecting a lot of his personal feelings onto his parents. And it was, but Benny seemed like they were just having well, a night out. So that was the only one where I was like, is it just he really is so jealous that Benny's still talking to Susan and he assumes that they're having a relationship? Or is it something that I just went over my head? No, and the second time I caught it, and I know I'm hopping a little bit with the, with the, they're drinking at the bar but you know he's talking about losing his job and he's like but you and susan's jobs are secure and he's like no not even our jobs are secure and so i caught that the second time that that was one of the moments you saw it was a true moment between the two of them where it wasn't um it wasn't clouded by the self-doubt like ben was being honest with him like no like you may have went first but that doesn't mean that we there's not a possibility yeah. there yeah and so ben seemed like a very nice like forthcoming honest friend yeah to him so and yeah. and that's exactly that's exactly what benny was um and for me yeah it's it's one of those where i uh wanted to deliver it a little stronger um, and i feel like with a bigger budget we could have but I wanted it to reflect the idea of even though someone seems happy and seems like everything is fine, they're really suffering, right? So, like, when you see these moments yeah. with Benny, it doesn't matter what Benny says to Terrence. Terrence is still taking it negative, right? Like, you yeah. know, I yeah. just got, yeah. I just lost my job, man. It looks like the firm itself is going under. We're all losing Right. And he's like, right. Yeah, right. yeah, but you guys are still safe. And it's like, no, I just said the whole firm is losing. Like, And he's still yeah. kind of yeah. taking it as, yeah. you know, you whatever you're saying, you're, it's not as bad as what I'm going through. Right. And it's that that idea of not just jealousy in the, the romantic aspect, but just jealousy overall. He sees this friend that he's always <clears throat> been around, always admired, but also always played sidekick to. He never played the front yeah. role with yeah. him. He's never had the opportunity to be as smooth, as cool, as calm. He he wasn't the one that got kept at work. He was the one that got let go, right? Those those kind of like subtle emotions um, to try to, again, just trying to portray the different ideas of perspective. And then like you touched on, we get to uh, the parents. And I think that that's a really big one for a lot of us because a lot of us, a lot of us, not only do we have um, parents who aren't perfect, right? Um, but we also have parents who had their own mental health struggles that they haven't addressed and that they haven't dealt with, right? 
We have parents who are mm-hmm. really just trying to do better than their parents. That's the whole goal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you know? Um, That's so true. True. depending on what they dealt with with their parents, their behavior might be past the mark of better than their parents did and still not be good enough for you. You know, so it's like true. understanding true. that dynamic with your own parents and trying to display a little bit of that. But like you said, giving it strictly through allowing Terrence to project and speak, you know, and, and say, like, these are all the things you guys make me feel. And, you know, how does it feel to feel it back? Right. To like hear this intensity mm-hmm. back to you, you know, um, that was, that's the delivery there. <clears throat> yeah. Yes. That's yes. True. I do have a question about the parents versus Benny and Susan. Mm-hmm. Like, so... Not to spoil the twist, but I liked that. I'm really trying to spoil it. I liked that they never talked in that situation because it made it very believable. But what what was the thinking in having them not talk and respond versus Benny and Susan? What made them different from Benny and Susan? Yeah, I felt like I felt like. At a certain point in our core, right, our issues with our parents mm-hmm. come from dominance, right? Like they, okay, they, okay. no matter what you do, they will always be dominant over you in a, in, in a certain light, right? Un- unless you completely sever that tie. But as long as they're in your life, they have a certain level of dominance over you. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt like for the situation him taking that power away from them and strictly saying like no i'm fully in control of every aspect of this you there's not even a sound you can make right now this is all my this is my show i'm dominating i finally have the power over the biggest hurdle in my life you know um so that was that was kind of the thinking behind that Okay. I hope we did that well without spoiling. I don't know if that sounds like a bunch of jibber jabber. I think so. <laughs> Watch the movie, you'll understand what we're talking about. Watch the movie. It's, a, it's just a free advertisement for people to watch the right. movie. Right. <laughs> so yeah, we don't want to spoil anything. I did have a note. So there is yeah. a there is a couple in the middle of the yes. movie, and they're talking about having kids. And yes. I this is not like a con. It's just more me being curious because. There's, there's about four or five minutes spent with this random couple. Now, they, they do something I like happens. them. I do like them. Oh, they're very personal. <laughs> talk about them like actually know them. Yeah. Uh, they're very personal. They're a lot of people's um, favorite characters but, for some reason. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love them. But I didn't know. So I was curious because, you know, like, for example, we were talking about Gaspar Noé. And he sometimes features characters like they're in one movie and then they reappear in another movie. And I didn't know if you spent like these five minutes with them. Was it because you're you're wanting to extend the movie, or is it like they may make an appearance in the future? I project, almost wish or? they were the ones trying to buy the house. <gasps> oh, yeah. <laughs> then, then like they could have been like just at the house. They go out to the car, and then what happens happens, and then and then they're she like, comes out. <laughs> like, because yeah. that was the only thing I loved their scene. But I was I like, I was like, who are these people? And then they disappeared, and I was like. Oh, I liked them. They're like charismatic. So, like, you like them. Yeah. And then when they go away, you're like, come back. Um, So, so funny. The funny thing about that is uh, 
that scene was not like a filler or added in because we need extra time. Like that was a completely intentional. Um, and okay, my okay. complete intentional thought was sometimes things just happen in the world, right? Like we needed, <clears throat> I needed a, I needed something to drive uh, the character to call the police, right? I needed like, yeah. I needed some sort of access where her access to police was taken away. So we had to give it back in some way. Um, so if she's going to run and talk to a neighbor, let's see what the neighbors are up to. <laughs> I think you should bring them back and, and study them. I think they should be like, we should see them adopting a child or having oh, a like, child by certain Like a whole story like... about them. <laughs> but the crazy like thing it. is I... that so many people fell in love with those characters and like that was not intended at all. <laughs> well, I think... <laughs> But I think that's a happy accident. Yeah, it's yeah, a happy, happy accident, accident. For sure. Yeah. It, well, we don't know the plot to your new horror movie, but maybe they could just be at the park with their baby. Something <laughs> terrible happens. And they're and just like, them. oh, what the hell? Yeah. And then you're just like, oh, it's the couple. It's them. I, would, I think it'd be a very fun thing to just like try to pick them out in every movie. So. Fun, <laughs> fun little Easter egg. They'll be my Stanleys. As a, as a writer, I think one thing that actors who don't write are not aware of is no matter what I do there's gonna be a couple of throwaway characters right like there's gonna be a few characters that just they just exist for a moment or two they get something done and then we move on right like the bartender in the her we share right like she she's there she serves the bar she serves her drinks she hangs out and then she's gone. There's nothing more, right? <clears throat> or the other guy, um, actually, the guy who comes up to the bar in that scene is Cyrus, the artist for uh, Toxic. So, <laughs> nice. Okay. Wait, was it his idea to order two shots and a straw? And because I was very curious, I don't I know what I don't remember what happened there because we had to do that. That particular <laughs> shot for some reason took us like three takes, three or four takes. Like it, it was supposed to just be one quick, like oh that little, yeah. Um, well, I say that oh, yeah. as a lot because most of the film didn't take a lot of takes. Like, I did a lot of time okay. table reading and, like, prepping beforehand with the cast. So, by the time we got to set, um, everybody was, was fully off book. Like, forgetting lines was something very, very rare. Yeah, and I like that. Um, did you did you have any other, like, uh, comments before we went into some, like, other things? Like, pros and cons? Yeah. Or, or just, no. like, even comments? I'm good with comments. I want to hear the Grindhouse rating. Like, I want to hear what's up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll do do a few, like, pros and cons, and then we'll go into Grindhouse rating, which is always really, really goofy. It's a a goofy thing we do every week. It's always goofy. What are we going on to? Sorry. So, pros and cons, and I'll kind of probably intermesh a little bit of mine. So, one of the things, so, there's a violent incident, and, um... It's it happens with Susan, mm-hmm. and I actually do like the sound design for that because I feel like, and this is a slight spoiler, you could hear what you could have done was hear something hitting her, and instead the sound kind of echoes out into the score, and I really like that that it wasn't it yeah. wasn't just violent to be violent because I feel like in those type of moments you have a choice to go into like a kind of gory territory and you didn't do that so I, I like that 
And the reason I'm saying that is because in the club scene, and this is one of my little cons, is that um, I couldn't, I had a hard time hearing Ben and Terrence when they were mm -hmm. getting their drinks. Because I was actually going to ask you, because there's literally, Ben goes to the bathroom and he says, I saw a tiger in the bathroom. And Terrence says something in response. And even with close captioning on, it couldn't, it, it couldn't yeah. say, like, what he was saying. And so, yeah. And so, I was struggling. I didn't have that issue in the movie the whole other time, except for that bar scene. It was, like, the that background and noise. when Susan, which mm -hmm. you, you could, uh, you could read subtitles, but mm -hmm. when he's interrogating Susan, she's crying very loudly. And it's, and it's very <laughs> hard to hear him over her crying. And I was a little bit like, and I'm just curious because again, I used to record the podcast on one channel for both of us. Was it? Did you guys just have one mic, or was everyone? For that was that was one of the first scenes or, that or, we did. Um, so okay. we had one mic, and then we were like, "Oh, this is not going to work." <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. And then the rest of the yeah. film, we're, yeah, like, okay. we're doing this different. Again, it's a learning yeah. process. Yeah. I would say probably sound was the most challenging aspect. Yeah, there is also, and please, when I say this. I always like to say, you did the damn thing. You yes. made a movie. So, me me asking or saying things, please, like, don't no, take No, no, no. I take all of it. Like, we sat, yeah. we, yeah. Bryce yeah. and I sat in a hotel room for literally an entire night yeah. and just rewatched the movie over and over and over and just critiqued everything that we could have done better. Mm -hmm. So, we're like, yeah. Like, I'm very big on, like, yeah, I'm, okay. we have to continue getting better no matter how good it is. Like, we have to do something more amazing every yeah. time. Yeah. You know, so... And so I was going to ask, Vega, do you remember what Terrence says to Ben, like, when, when Ben gets yes. back in the bathroom? Uh, yeah, like, because, <laughs> because, of, uh, um, <clears throat> because of what you said, you sparked the exact terminology that happened. So he doesn't say, I just saw a tiger <gasps> in the bathroom. <laughs> he says... Um, he doesn't? He doesn't say, I just saw a tiger. He says, I oh. just... Oh, okay. I think he says, I just saw said. Tanya in the bathroom. <gasps> <laughs> and see, I was like, I was like, man, this guy's like, I thought he was just, I thought he was fucked up. So see, that like, explains up, where so. that also explains where you missed the jealousy aspect because right after he says that, Terrence responds sarcastically, saying, "Oh, you guys are fucking again," and and uh, yeah, okay. and Ben yeah. looks at him kind of side eye and goes, "No, what?" and then laughs it off. So like we see these little okay. hints okay, of like that makes so much more yeah we see sense. these little little okay. glints of like uncomfortable jealousy. I think the closed <laughs> captioning says the tiger. Thing That's out. terrible. Yeah, I think it doesn't say his thing. And, uh, reach out to them to get that fixed. So, <laughs> okay, I'm I'm trying to watch it with. I'm watching it on silent because I'm like, did it say that or was it? That'll be. Hilarious. I watched it once on my TV and once on my phone. So if it is, you have to screenshot and put it in the Instagram messenger. Oh. So yeah, I thought I just saw a tiger in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it says. Oh man! Well, let me. Sometimes it won't oh, let you screenshot man. when you're watching like a movie because of copyright. I gotta. Oh no, it does. Just so you know, TV lets you screenshot. Oh, that's totally well, cool. I'm I don't glad. care. I want people to screenshot it. I feel like that needs to be that needs to be our rating now. Uh, Even though I came up with a different rating, tigers in the tigers bathroom. in the bathroom. <laughs> That's the quote of the episode because it's not even. There's not even that many drugs. <laughs> I love it. 
Now there was also, and this may have been a, um, this may have been an actual choice. So I did want to ask you. So in the in the basement interrogation scenes, it sounded like a smoke detector was dying because I kept hearing a beep. Yeah. Every so. So this is this is a perfect lesson for any okay. fellow filmmakers. Not all of your creative decisions are good. I made the conscious decision to say no, leave the leave it in because like that shit happens. The house is empty, no one lives here, it's for sale. Like it's possible that the battery is not going to be good anymore. People don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> music at first the first time because then like some dramatic music came in i was like oh maybe it was like maybe it's like a like On a purpose. modern music choice yeah. i was like okay cool the second time i was like no something's going on what's happening well, but, yeah know, no like the fire detector was within Listen reach learned. it could i could literally just bloop took the battery out no more fire detector issue <laughs> but i was like it makes well, sense it, it's the it, it's the setting it makes sense and uh yeah, no, people do not like that. <laughs> oh, I'm curious. Okay, so this is more a filmmaking thing. So it seemed like the basement sequences had, like, a lot of, like, it was almost like a gel of blue. Was that a purposeful choice, or was it just lighting stuff, and it just happened to come off like that? Um, like- it was purposeful. Uh, I think okay. I think as a honest filmmaker, it wasn't exactly, we didn't end up exactly where we were trying to go with it. Um, but okay. the intention okay. was to provide a sense of coldness, right? A sense of like aloneness okay. In, okay. in this like environment. Um, so we did that, and then we had colored the uh, flashbacks with like this sepia look to give it that like mm-hmm. immediate sensation of okay, this is a different time in the film. Um, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, that 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 part. But it's definitely yeah. again the, like the one flashbacks. of those things that as you know. You, you start getting better at these things, right? And you put in the practice and the time, you can kind of isolate these issues a little bit better. Like, we, I definitely yeah. look at that yeah. and go, wow, you know, I see, I know what we were going for, but it doesn't look like we nailed it. Yes. <laughs> well, and I will say, this is just a funny anecdote about, like, when you're making something, you do have a little bit of tunnel vision because, like, you know what the intention is, but the audience doesn't know. When I was in, when we were in college, I we there's we went to the University of Montevallo, which has the oldest homecoming tradition in the country, and it's competitive musical theater. So you write your own play, you produce your own play, and I was on gold side, she was on purple side. Oh, and you compete as a school against each other. Yeah. So it's just cutthroat. No, it's fun. It's really fun. That sounds if you like crazy. theater, it's fun. <laughs> it's intense. It's that intense. But the first intense. year, what? It's really intense. It's really fun. And we were on opposite sides and we're still friends. (laughs) So anyways, the first year I did it, we did this play called The Last Four Seasons. And it was... (laughs) I was... I got to play, like, a Regina George character. So I had, like, the best time with this play. And I wasn't even thinking about how the audience would perceive (laughs) things. I was just trying to be funny and bring comic relief to the show. Because it was a very, like, serious show, surprisingly. But this little girl, like, starts out the show. The first line is like... This is the last four seasons of my life. And, of course, all of us on the purple side were like, oh, my God, she's dying. This is a show about this child dying. What the That's hell? What no too. one in the production, it didn't even cross our mind. No one had any idea. And I had all of my purple friends come up to me and be like, oh, my God, why did you guys kill her? And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? And they're like, 
she's dead. Because the last four scenes of her life, I was like, yeah, like the last year of her life. Wow. And, like, so, from... To this day, they're like the little dead girl play because also her mom has passed away and is a ghost in the show. So it's it's on YouTube. You can find it. I'm very cringy in it. No, um, but wow. um, it's it was so it's interesting. Like when you start doing your own stuff and you're like doing everything and then you have like this tunnel vision and then like you have like an audience watch it and you're like. I'd even know someone would think a tiger was in the bathroom. Right. Because kind of that's, that's, that's definitely a sentence that has to be heard with intention. But it's, again, you finished a movie. That's amazing. Now, did, I wanted to ask, no did Katie, did you have anything else? Or Vega, did you have anything else before? I know we, I think we have our Grindhouse Girl rating, but I'll yes. still give you one of my traditional Grindhouse Girl ratings just because it's goofy. But I wanted to make sure we didn't have anything closing before we went into Grindhouse Girl rating, so. I'm good. I don't know if you guys have any other questions. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I, I, I think you covered a lot of the questions I had, Katie. Did you have any other questions? I, do, I don't think so. The only, like, other comment I had was I liked the performance of the couple and the cops. But I feel like I wish they had been integrated into the plot a little more because I was confused why we were, like, dealing with the cops at the beginning and then it was Terrence and then it was back to them. Like, I feel like if they had had more of a confrontation with him, it would have, like, I it would have made a little bit more sense. But other than that, like, I liked all the people who performed them and I liked that they were in the movie, but I kind of was like, I wish, like, maybe one of them knew somebody in the situation and maybe was talking to them on the phone because it was a lot of I, I almost would have liked to spend that time with Susan and Benny and the parents more than people that didn't have a ton to do with the plot except for just finding the crime but that's just like a very nitpicky thing I don't again I liked all of it but also you only had 84 minutes to tell yeah. a story so it could have been that there was more of that and it got cut out too but that was the only like commentary because i liked them but i was kind of like i wanted so the the two things that i would do over um if i would like that i would add in if i had if i was to do this film over um with the newer Mm -hmm. knowledge and better budget or whatever um one thing that i really wanted to do that that we didn't do at all because i was just like if we're gonna do it wrong it's not even worth attempting was to yeah create uh like this subplot that focused entirely on Terrence trying to be happy in the real world, right? So, Ooh. like, him trying to live this happy life despite all the stuff. Um, so we see some flashbacks that lead up to his breakdown. Um, I wanted to do something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, that would have been awesome. Yeah, and then the other thing was with the detectives, I wanted to, like, I would incorporate them more in a way where they're already dealing with a case that had mm-hmm. some level of extreme violence and they have like some sort of dialogue where it seems like they're really comfortable with extreme violence so when they arrive at the scene and it like tears them apart we see that shift um, yeah. but or even, financially it just maybe, wasn't there maybe <laughs> maybe somebody had called maybe Terrence they had dealt with Terrence before because right. you do if people have close calls and you get called upon it. And it is something in 
police work and law enforcement, a lot of the, and I'm not trying to get too political, but the defund the police argument is that you're having police be mental health workers and they're not trained for it. And so they've tried in some counties to assign like a social worker or a mental health advocate with a police force whenever there's a domestic disturbance or a suicide attempt or anything like that or anything with with mental health that it actually they have a lot less violence and less altercations and a lot more like resolutions so i think that is a really interesting look so if you ever did another movie dealing with this issue with the cops i think that'd be a fabulous way to look at it because like it is it's a struggle because you know like there are people that genuinely want to help, but they don't know because they don't have that training. And personally, I think they need, if they're going to send officers to help at a mental health issue, then they should be trained on it. Like, because they should be prepared. It's, it's so, it's like, it's like yeah. sending me to fight a fire. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, don't do that. You know, you, you got to have the right tools and either we need to train them more so that they are basically therapists too. But I think that's asking too much of one person. I feel like they need to figure out a way to assign them. And, that's my and little speaking of about speaking that. of therapists, um, that's something that almost happened as well. Um, I uh, as we were working on getting distribution and trying to get it, like we were getting a lot of the rejections were kind of in the same vein. It was primarily around um, not having an A list or B list or C like a, a major listed celebrity as part of the film. Like that was really a lot of the feedback. So it had gotten to a point where, um, through my relationships with like Jay Justice Smith, another director, um, uh, he's very close with Clifton Powell. So he had kind of set me mm-hmm. up in a situation where, if I was going to reshoot, I was going to reshoot two days with Clifton Powell and make a whole new character, and that character was going to be a therapist, and we were going to show oh, wow. Terrence Ooh. in a therapy session, um, and I was going to tie that, that into the plot by making it making his therapy session him describing this plot of what we're seeing in the film like him explaining to his therapist oh, how he his therapist yeah. how he wants to do this so it even further misleads the audience as to what's actually happening oh, right and oh, so, so he's like expressing okay. that he wants Ooh. to do this so now like we're seeing the therapist kind of deal with like all right this is starting to look like it's going to be a problem you know, and, and then have the therapist reach mm-hmm. out to the police to no avail because they can't do anything without an active threat. That's interesting. That is cool. I do like that's that idea. Next yeah, time. but then we got to do, and I was like, that's just a whole other project. Yeah, and, and like you said, yeah. I think you still have a movie I really enjoyed watching and finding so things to, to talk discuss about. about. So I, I really I really like that. So, um I think yeah. probably the one of the coolest aspects of this movie is that it does open up a dialogue for a mm-hmm. conversation of mental health and and especially suicide prevention and you know the more people talk about it, the more people make it part of I hate to say entertainment but you know you have my favorite murder which is a huge podcast and like they're just very open and honest with like we all go to therapy we all take antidepressants and making it normal because it is normal and it's we shouldn't pretend that it's not normal to have these thoughts, these feelings and depression and anxiety. Almost everybody has a little bit of it, Yeah. but it is something most people can't control having. But if you start having a conversation about it and seek treatment, you can find coping mechanisms in a lot of, 
I think ways. I think normalizing it is the True. biggest thing. So like if like rather than try to hide our struggles, if we just talked about things and was and said like, hey, you know, I'm just having a really hard time this week. I think that would be so much better than yeah. trying to sweep things under the rug. And I am. I'm not a hero anyway, but I always think about this where I, I've always been very open on my social media, like, you know, about certain things. Yeah. And I had a random coworker one day message me and she's like, I just want to say thank you because I never knew the things that I was going through was normal, but you make me feel more normal when you talk about them. Aww. And I was like, that's, that's everything like i didn't yeah i just thought i was using facebook as a stupid venting tool but someone was reading that and someone may see this movie and go you know i'm scared i'm relating to terrence a little bit and maybe that will cause someone to open up and talk I, to someone i actually and i actually am very thankful that um hey buddy thanks for visiting oh. um, <laughs> I actually, I actually am puppy, very, very thankful guy. that I've I've had someone reach out to me, um, and give me the version of that that like I didn't realize was gonna be my favorite until I heard it, right? And it was her reaching out to me to ask like, hey, do you really believe in you know the signs and the things that you put in this movie? And I'm like, yeah, why? Mm-hmm. She said, because, well, I'm, I'm seeing this friend of mine who's showing, you know, some similar, you know, um, like dialogue. Like he's some of the things he's saying and posting on his Facebook and on his Instagram feed are, you know, they're sounding like some of the stuff I heard being said in your film. Should I reach out to them? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like reach out and, you know, you never know the type of day that they're having or, you know, um, and that person opened up and was like, yeah, I've been having a really rough time lately and, you know, whatever situation they're going through. So for me, that was really cool because it was like, OK, this is this is even more than I asked for. Like, this is literally someone saying, hey, yeah. I don't even think I learned anything from your movie. But in case I did, just run it by me real quick. <laughs> let's see if <laughs> let's see if it's actually <clears throat> applicable, you know. So, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it's really cool. So, I think so, too. Yeah. Awesome. Getting help, not being depressed. Getting that's help, that's yeah. Sucks. Depression yeah. sucks. Yeah, but you can't. Yeah, you can't control that you have depression or anxiety, but you can get help and don't feel afraid to ask for help because everybody needs some help. Yes, it's okay. Um, so ratings. Yes. So other than Tiger <laughs> in the bathroom, which might have to be our rating. Yes, we may tiger have to in the Tiger bathroom. in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The I mean, rating T for Tiger in the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, this cast and crew is going to be like, what the hell? I mean, they're like, <laughs> I never said that. I swear, I never said Tiger that. Tiger in the bathroom. Um, my other, my rating, though. You do your So grindhouse. my grindhouse rating was, other than Tiger in the bathroom, was rated B for basements, bars, and betrayal. Wow. Oh. Wow. Wow. That, and, was, that and, was good. That was good. Okay. Thank you. All right. We have practice doing this. My, uh, <laughs> mine, I had two. My, Ooh. it was not as good as yours, Katie, I will admit. So Aww. I had rated D for duct tape and dance clothes. <laughs> okay. Uh, Similar theme. Yo, that's Similar funny. Theme. Duct tapes and dance clothes. And I, yes. And then I had a more serious one, just because this is a little bit of a serious movie, which was rated L for Live Your Own Life. Ooh, motivational. I like it. I like it. That's nice. A nice little mixed bag. I don't know if there's anything. Mixed bag of treats here. Well, I 
I paraphrase a quote from Terrence where he's like, I just wanted to live my own life. So Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, I don't know if we can get away from Tiger in the bathroom, though. I, we're, now we're just, like, obsessed it's with It's going to be Tiger in the bathroom. Tiger. Like, I'm sorry, Vega. Like. Tiger in the bathroom. I like it. That works for me. Because, like, I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it from my simple-minded perspective. And if I was just scrolling through things and they were like, Tiger in the bathroom. Like, the hurt we share. Tiger in the bathroom. That's our thought. And it's like, like I'm going to click this. <laughs> but I did want to ask, I did... For our, our listeners, Vega, you do have two new projects coming up. I just mm-hmm. wanted to ask very quickly if you could give us like a sneak peek or tell us a little bitty bit about your upcoming projects. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the first of the two is a horror film called A Quiet Road. Ooh. Um, and this one I'm going very, very traditional horror with. So we're going to really focus on like the scares and, you know, the the... I want, I really want you to feel like what I felt watching <clears throat> the Blair Witch Project, right? Or like what I felt oh, watching nice. the original Texas, like not the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but like the original one for my generation, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? Like those like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, right? like where you're really feeling this like, I don't want to go to bed. I don't want to close the door type of fear. Like I'm going to be trying to, trying to aim for that. Um and then the next film on my slate that we're going to be shooting in the fall is an action film. Um, and I think this is, Ooh. like, the easiest way to define it on, like, a career level. It's going to be, like, my biggest budget film. Um, so that's going to be really exciting to see, you know, how this pans out with, like, access to a lot more funding. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, we've got some pretty cool people on board for that project already. Um, one of my favorite artists and um, musicians, uh, Sky Zoo, is playing a role in this for me. And um, Dominican bodybuilder, uh, legendary bodybuilder Victor Martinez is playing a role for me in this as well. So um, oh, it's really nice. exciting oh, nice. to like be moving on up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's, that's so that sounds wonderful. I'm excited to see these movies. So that's awesome. That's exciting. Awesome. Yeah, so look out for it. Watch the uh the Hurt We Share on Tubi or Fox Soul. Mm-hmm. And I think that is it. Um but of course we do have to tell our listeners for next week what we're gonna watch next week. Britt, it's your pick next week. It is, it is. So we are actually doing a relatively newer movie. It just landed on HBO Max, and it is A Quiet House. Or the last... The, the, the Night House. The Night House. The Night House. What the... Yes. Ow, that yeah, hurts. I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm just like, yeah. So, I, can you tell I was raised between brothers? I just, like, hit people and it's don't true. even think about Although it. Other sisters are crueler, yeah. honestly. <laughs> we just pull hair and then mentally... And see, in my, in my, like, people are always like, you have an older brother. He must have been so nice. And in my head, I flashback to him, like, <laughs> practicing wrestling moves on me. I was like, yeah, doing the people's elbow, like, the people's uh, elbow and stuff. Like, yeah, that's very protective. But no, thank you guys. I'm so sorry. Yes. The Night we House. We are doing The Night House on HBO. Um, I think it did just come out last year. Rebecca yes, Hall. Yes, Rebecca Hall, who directed Passing. It's the lead is in it. it. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm Passing excited. Up. Uh, so. I did watch it this past week. I think there's a lot of interesting things to discuss in it. So, yeah, guys, 
stream the Night House on HBO Max and come back and see us next week. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to check yes. it out and myself. Thank you for joining. Yeah. <laughs> and if you ever want to pick out your favorite horror film. Oh, we should have asked. What's your favorite horror film? What's your favorite scary yeah. film? My yeah. favorite horror film. Um, you know, I got to say, if I was to pick a favorite horror film specifically in the horror genre... I would probably go with Nightmare on Elm Street series, um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or um, I just drew a blank on the one that I was about to say. That's crazy. Yeah, it'll come back to me, but those two right now. (laughs) Those two. Sounds like you like slasher movies. Yeah. Yeah. I like I like stuff that's like they're, they're good ones. I like stuff that oh uh, it just came back to me. There's a Japanese movie. Um, I don't know if it was ever made or remade in America, um, but if not, I, I would definitely not. love to remake it because like that's an it's an incredible movie. It's called The Eye. So back when like oh yes it was yes. with Jessica Alba okay. yeah then I have to find it because I saw the Jessica Alba version and now I'm like oh but there's the, a Japanese yeah the version? Japanese the version original version was so good oh my god we need to do that one um but yeah yeah so with that we've recorded a little over our time so we are gonna let you go but thank you so much for being a lovely guest yeah. it was my pleasure you guys are so us. much fun oh, oh you too you. and if you ever want to. Well, especially your horror film. If you want to come on when that comes out, let us know. Or if you just have another horror film or any kind of out there weird, quirky cinema piece, yes. come on down. We uh, love having guests. Guest episodes are our favorite. So if you just literally want to get in the DMs and like, hey, guys, I saw this really weird movie. Can we talk about it? We're like, yes, yes let's set a date right now. So like, Just slide into those DMs. Definitely DMs down for In that. a professional manner. Gotcha. Yeah, slide into those DMs. <laughs> we are very professional here. I don't feel like I'm like, you say slide into DMs. I'm like, there is no other meeting. I just mean talk to <laughs> It means PM us. PM us. So. PM yes. us. Okay. Well, I guess we're going to say good night. All right, guys. Good night. Thank, Thank you, you so listening. much. This was a blast. Thank you, Vega. It was lovely you. having you. So we are so excited. That's, you've been amazing. So thank you so much again. Yes. Thank you so much. It was so nice to talk to you. And thank you for sharing your film and everything with us. And um, thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Uh, I, are we about to sign off? Bob? Was there anything else you want to say? No. I think that's okay. everything. So my phone's being weird. Okay. So I guess with that, we're going to say goodnight. I'm not going to say too much because we said a lot last week. And uh, by the way, if the episode sounds a little weird, we're recording on one mic so we could make it easier to talk to our guest. And so I apologize in advance. Also, if episodes are a little bit longer, uh, I'm doing the editing for the next month. And I do not have as much free time as I used to to edit. So they are not going to be as finite. So I apologize. I know some people like shorter episodes. This last week's episode was a little longer than I would want, but it was really all the time I could afford to edit. So I'm so sorry, but um, hopefully that's a temporary situation. So um, anyways, is there anything else we need to say business-wise? Other than we love you guys and we thank you for listening. And if you heard Gizmo in the background, he's being kind of kooky tonight. So sorry if that's disturbing. I don't. I couldn't really hear it, but I have headphones on. So we'll see when I listen to the audio later. Yes. Uh, was there anything you had to say, Britt? Yeah, just the normal good night stuff. 
yeah um so guys as always thank you so much for listening and commenting and yes um liking and sharing we appreciate each and every one of you it's uh we happy two year anniversary to happy us happy two year anniversary yeah. i know do we want to do that this week or not was it this week yeah so thank, thank you for two years yeah two years of guests and laughter and and love some, some love sometimes <laughs> arguments if we have differing opinions on certain movies all uh, good all yeah, good all, all good you know Film is subjective. That happens sometimes. You get two passionate people together <laughs> talking about a movie. Yes. Um, but a lot of good memories too. So um, we just are so happy that you guys have been yes. here to enjoy. To I didn't. Us. I didn't prepare my retrospective because I was so focused on our guest. Yeah. But thank you guys. You have no idea how much it means to us to have you guys to talk to every week and how much we enjoy your enthusiasm and your participation. And thank you for sharing it. Thank you um, for helping us grow. We grow a little bit every every single episode, and I'm always pleasantly surprised um, as we were talking with Vega, like what episodes y'all love, what episodes you don't, and always share that feedback with us because we'll only get better if you tell us how we can improve. That's very, very so true. yeah. But um, we just love you guys so much. I'm so thankful for you guys. Thank you. For all your love and patience and kindness and fun times and tigers in the bathroom. Ty- we'll I want to write a song about ballad now. Tigers, tigers in, in the bathroom. bathroom. So, yes. <laughs> we're going to, uh, Britt's going to pick up her uh, mandolin. Yes, my like, mandolin. And we're going to, I'm going to sing it for you. We'll do it. We'll do it. I'm going to try to harmonize a little bit on the course. Like, tigers <laughs> in the bathroom. Um. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.